Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Tuesday, February the 7th. Ian Cameron, solo on this Tuesday edition of the show. Alex, under the weather, he'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we are on a bit of a time crunch today, uh, a rare situation where we've actually got something coming up right after this show. So this is going to be a rapid-fire edition. Uh, we're going to be uh, going through these games a lot quicker than normal. So all you, any, anybody that's basically been saying in some of the YouTube comments that, Ian, the shows are too long. you got to get to the point. Well, we're going to do that today. It's going to be a quick... Quicker edition, rapid-fire edition of the show. We'll get through all six games on the Tuesday card. Uh, briefly, I want to mention, uh, again, the Ice Guys Super Betcast comes your way this weekend, Saturday, February 11th, 2 p.m. Eastern time, all day, all night. Basically, the Betcast will begin not too long after the Daily Show uh, concludes on Saturday at noon Eastern, where we'll break down all the games as usual. Uh, and then the Super Betcast will be right after that, 2 p.m. Eastern. We'll uh, see the very end of the uh, early, early games, the noon Eastern, 1230 Eastern games on Saturday. There's a bunch of them. We'll be able to, the Betcast will be starting just as those games are winding down. Uh, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Washington, Boston, a very uh, good and uh, entertaining ABC national television doubleheader. Saturday afternoon, you've got Colorado, Florida at night. The Leafs play Saturday night as usual. They're always a big draw. Uh, New Jersey, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, LA, all on Saturday night. So we're looking forward to the Super Betcast on Super Bowl weekend, our first ever Saturday Ice Guys live betcast, and certainly our first ever one that we've done where it's an, a marathon session all day, all night. Make sure you've got your booze, your, your adult beverages on hand, the fridges are stocked. Uh, if you want to join us on the betcast, DM me on Twitter at Bobano, and I'll make sure we get the link sent to you so you can join us on the Super Betcast uh, on Saturday. Uh, afternoon. Looking forward to that. Uh, before we get into Tuesday's card, uh, we're going to briefly touch on last night, which was a very entertaining night of hockey. Uh, you had a couple of really good games. The highlight game of the night uh, for me was Calgary and New York. Uh, the Flames and Rangers game was outstanding, had everything, had some great goals, had some terrific goaltending from both Yarrow Halak and uh, Jacob Markstrom at times. It had physicality, intensity, uh, multiple fights, uh, a near line brawl in the first period. I mean, it was just a playoff type of game intensity, uh, even for two teams that play in uh, opposing conferences, you could tell, Hey, this is a good team. We're playing tonight. We wanted to bring our best. And both teams did. It was one of the best, easily one of the best uh, regular season games uh, in the NHL uh, this season last night. Now the big uh, brouhaha and the big, you know, talking points coming out of that game last night were the Jacob Truba hits. You know, and he had multiple massive hits in that game. No question about that. Uh, and then, of course, Sammy Blay had one on Lucic as well. Uh, and Calgary didn't react to it. And there's that whole deal, again, where we talk about it. It's, do you really have to defend yourself and fight someone for a clean hit? It, it feels like, you know, you shouldn't have to. Um, at the end of the day, Calgary feels like they're defending a teammate who's, you know, crumpled up in a heap on the ice, laying there after a big hit. But if you look at Truba's hits, you know, a lot of them were clean. You can't really complain too much. It was an open ice hit. It's almost like if it's an open ice hit and there's nobody around, it's dirty. People just assume that, uh, regardless of where the point of contact is. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth. A hard hit and a good hit in open ice should be applauded, not you know demeaned and, and reprimanded. And, and if you look at Truba's hits last night, uh, they were good, hard, clean hockey hits. That's what they were. Daryl Sutter, you know, who had every right to maybe be upset because his team, his players were on the receiving end of some of those El Kaboom shots from Jacob Truba last night. He even was the first one to say, you know what, those were good, clean hits. And that's a guy that's seen some rough stuff and physicality and some nasty uh, stuff on the ice in his decades in the league. Uh, Daryl Sutter as a player and a, and a coach. And he thought he had no and he had no issues with the hits. So they were good hits. Um, I'm at the point now where I'm almost, you know what? Players are going to protect each other. Um, I, I don't know if I'm shifting my stance. I used to, and you just, uh, I used to always go nuts. Even earlier this season, last year on this show, every time in a, Truba in his situation was forced to drop his gloves because someone would run 
to their teammates' defense for a big but clean hit, you know, it would bother me. Like, why does he have to fight? I mean, there's nothing wrong with what he did. It was just a great, clean, open ice hit. Um, but now I'm changing my stance and look. The the player that sees the, the the player that sees his teammate down on the ice like with Kadri last night, uh, or you know, or someone else in some of those hits last night, they're just going to react naturally. Like, oh my, that's my teammate on the ice. He just got laid out. He just got absolutely lit up. And Druba did light up a couple of those Flames players. I'm going to defend them. And the natural in- instinct and inclination is go after them, attack that player, and drop the gloves and you know, fight them. Uh, and we've seen that a bunch of times. So if anything, it means there's more fights, you know, in the NHL when you have clean open ice hits like that. And that to me, that's not a bad thing because to me, this league at times lacks that physicality, lacks, you know, the just the natural, it just lacks, you know, the, the fighting quotient like we saw decades ago. We don't see it that much uh, anymore. So, you know, I don't mind. Uh, obviously, I have no issues with Truba's hits because I thought they were all clean. Uh, they were hard. They were vicious, but they were clean. Uh, and I don't necessarily have as much of an issue with Calgary's response to try to fight Truba as maybe I once did. Uh, so and, and and it led to just an incredible hockey game. Uh, I feel bad for Jacob Markstrom. He can't buy a victory. There were times he made some incredible saves last night. But there were also a, a, a couple of instances where, look, the, the second Philip Hedo goal. Now, I know Kadri turned the puck over at the blue line. That's on him. Can't have that happen. Can't turn the puck over in that area. And it, it fed the breakaway chance for Philip Hedo at the other end of the ice, but at the end, it was a nice quick release, but was right under and right through Markstrom. And it's like, come on, man, make a big save here. I I know these are difficult chances. These are high danger chances, a breakaway. We should never say to the goalie, oh, come on, you got to stop that. But I find Markstrom this year, when it comes to making that big save and a timely save in a big moment, he's been lacking that this year. And that was an opportunity for Markstrom to say, you know what, I'm going to stop Heedle on that breakaway. Didn't happen. Uh, and it's unfortunate for him because he made incredible saves, multiple saves in overtime. And then he all of a sudden, it's his teammates in front of him that let him down. They ran into each other, Zdorov and Mangiapane on the game-winning goal uh, in that uh, overtime by Lafreniere. No, but they lost track of Lafreniere. They lost track of the puck. They ran into each other. Nobody had the puck. Nobody had the puck carrier. And next thing you know, it's in the back of the net right after Markstrom made an incredible save just seconds before that. So... Uh, it was an all over the place night for Markstrom. He had some amazing moments. He had some ugly moments. And uh, for Calgary, they lose in overtime to the Rangers in what was one hell of a hockey game last night. One of the better ones I've seen this season. Uh, the other results last night, Islanders get a victory 2-1 to one in the debut of Bo Horvat uh, for the Islanders. Uh, and uh, look, I thought he'd improve them offensively, but turns out they again failed to get more than two goals. But Last night, it was good enough to get the victory 2-1. to one. They did play a very good defensive game. Varlamov was steady in net, and the Islanders get the 2-1 win to kickstart their post-All-Star break schedule in the right direction and a team that needs to accumulate the wins uh, if they hope to make the playoffs uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, the Devils survive a valiant effort from the Vancouver Canucks, who gave up three quick goals in succession in the second period to go down 4-1, but they come all the way back. They tie it 4-4, and then the Devils can't give this team a power play in overtime. We're finding that out. Uh, they have just been absolutely dominant you know, with these overtime four-on-three power plays, and we saw it again. Uh, last night, getting the overtime power play goal, Jesper Bratt to win it in overtime. Good effort from Vancouver, though. There's, the, I, I like the, I like the compete level of that team last night. Uh, again, they've still got issues defensively, and uh, I know Rick Tockett's going to work uh, uh, very hard to try to extricate those issues from this team. But I don't know if the personnel on that blue line is going to allow him to extricate those issues. It's just not really a stable uh, blue line. Uh, Dallas. Uh, hangs on and beats Anaheim 3-2 to two, uh, in a shootout. Uh, the big news was Troy Terry getting injured in that game for the uh, Anaheim Ducks, uh, and obviously that is a big loss moving forward, and uh, I'll update what his status is for the game tonight when they uh, play on a back-to-back against Chicago. Uh, but uh, that was a big impact injury. But Anaheim gets two goals in the third, had chances to win it, but Dallas ends up with a 3-2 shootout win over Anaheim. Uh, in that game last night. And finally, a game beyond regulation goes Dallas's way. Uh, Arizona with the big upset, 3-2 against Minnesota. You know, I got to say one thing about last night, yesterday's card. Uh, Arizona was a big dog. 
Anaheim was a big underdog. Vancouver was a big underdog. And I did say on yesterday's show, I would not be rushing to bet the favorite in any of those games. I didn't want any part of Jersey. I didn't want any part of Dallas. And in fact, I did take a piece of Anaheim and I didn't want any part of Minnesota. And I did take a piece of Arizona. One of those three underdogs won only one of them. And that was Arizona got the victory. But the other two, Vancouver and Anaheim, took the game beyond regulation in overtime or a shootout. So that close from those underdogs going 3-0 and last night uh, in the NHL. So uh, definitely another reason why coming out of the break like this, whether it's a Christmas break, an all-star break, you do have to be a little bit careful, you know, laying uh, a big price like that. You know, it could very easily have been 0-3 for those big favorites last night. But uh, and Dallas survived. Minnesota did not. 3-2 win, Karel Vamelka, very solid in net for the uh, Coyotes, uh, and they get a 3-2 win over the uh, Minnesota Wild. Minnesota Wild's been, Minnesota has been particularly lackluster for a couple of weeks now. And look, their playoff positioning is far from concrete, so they need to start stringing some better consistency and more wins together because that Western Conference isn't easy, and there's been a lot of mediocre play lately uh, from the Minnesota Wild. So, uh, and they've suffered a defeat to Arizona there in their first game following uh, the All-Star break. All right, that was last night. Very entertaining return to NHL action following the break. We have six more games tonight uh, in the NHL, and we will begin in Tampa, where the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning will take on the San Jose Sharks. Tampa Bay minus 240 home favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. And it was an absolute beatdown in favor of the Florida Panthers last night, seven to one over the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, a five-point night for Matthew Kachuk. Two goals and three assists for him uh, in that victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning, and it was about as ugly a defensive night as the Tampa Bay Lightning will have. Coughing up the puck, turnovers, breakdowns in coverage. Uh, it wasn't Vasilevsky's best game either, but man, hanging out to dry their goaltender, that's exactly what they did uh, last night. It was ugly defensively in the along the blue line from this Tampa team from start to finish just too many miscues and gaffes in their own zone positioning was bad nobody had active sticks they weren't getting in the shooting lanes they weren't getting in the passing lanes at all it's almost like they decided you know what we're not ready for the all-star break to end we're still on all-star break mode we're still on vacation mode they played like it last night and Florida did not and part of the reason why I like the Panthers situationally in that game last night was because of that very point that maybe Florida would take the game more seriously. Well, they did, uh, and they certainly uh, proved it last night in that 7-1 win dominance. And what I liked about Florida, too, uh, you know, they still have a lot of work to do. It's not going to be easy for them to get back into playoff positioning in the East, but what you are what you are encouraged about from the Panthers was their best players played like it. Kachuk was an awesome last night. Verhage was a beast once again, and he's had a great season for them. Barkov was steady. You know, you had Ekblad and Montour playing steady uh, along the uh, blue line for the uh, Florida Panthers last night. I mean, lots to like about the way this hockey team played uh, in that 7-1 victory. And for Tampa Bay, there's not much to like. There's not anything to like about the way they played last night. And it's probably a good thing for Tampa Bay. They get to go right back at it here tonight, uh, hosting the uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, San Jose, of course, this is their first game following the break. Tampa Bay playing last night, their second game after the break. So back-to-back, -back. but again, the back-to-back -back situations, and we do have a few teams that are in that spot tonight after playing last night. The back-to-back -back is not as negative, you know, as it normally would be. If you're in the middle of a hectic schedule and you're playing back-to-back -back like this, then it's a little bit more of a concern. But you've had the All-Star break. You've had some rest. You know, even the players that participated in All-Star Weekend, it's not like you're taxing yourself being involved in that thing. Uh, so when you look at it from that standpoint, this is not detrimental here that, you know, Tampa Bay's playing back-to-back -back and San Jose, you know, is just uh, playing their first game back. And, in fact, oftentimes you'll see it's an advantage that the team that played a game since the break uh, against the team that hasn't played a game yet since the uh, break ended, that can often be an advantage for the team that's had a game under their belt, a.k.a. Tampa Bay. Uh, here tonight uh, in this game against uh, San Jose. San Jose did end the break, uh, the pre-break schedule with a 6-4 victory against uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, it was an impressive win for sure, but we know the Penguins have had their issues. One thing we know about San Jose is stringing wins together has not been uh, their MO uh, this year. That's why they've got you know one of the worst records in the NHL. Do you know what their record is off a win in the last 27 games after a win? How about 6-21? and 21? 
Six and 21 for the San Jose Sharks off a win. They just don't string wins together. That's why they're a bad hockey team. You know, they can't get on any sort of run uh, after a good performance in the previous game. Uh, they've had issues all season keeping the puck out of their net. They enter the post-break schedule, 29th in the league in terms of goals allowed per game. That's not very good. Uh, it's weird because they're so bad defensively, goals per game allowed, yet their penalty kill is top 10 in the league. It's the most bizarre thing. So a lot of the problems for them defensively have been at even strength five on five. They've actually got the sixth-ranked penalty kill uh, in the NHL, this uh, Sharks team, which is kind of surprising. Maybe some people wouldn't believe that, but that is indeed the case. Uh, when you look at this game here, Kokkinen is going to be in net for San Jose. He's had a tough year. Uh, it'll be Brian Elliott, we assume, for the uh, Lightning. After uh, with the back-to-back, -back, we assumed it was going to be Vasilevsky for the big Florida game last night, and Elliott would get the game tonight, although that hasn't been confirmed, and none of the sites have it confirmed that Brian Elliott's in. I think that was the initial plan for John Cooper. Vasilevsky last night, Elliott tonight. But when Elliott went, but when Vasilevsky rather gets bombarded like that and the team as a whole just plays so piss poor, I think there might be a thought process here from Cooper's standpoint that maybe we just give Vasilevsky a shot for redemption here in this game. So I don't think it's for sure or a certainty by any stretch of the imagination that it is going to be Brian Elliott. I think it will be Elliott, but there's that change of plans, maybe, that last night went so bad for Vasilevsky and the team as a, as, as a whole that maybe you go back here to uh, Vasilevsky tonight after what happened last night. But I think this does set up well for Tampa here. Uh, it is, like I said, it's a back-to-back. -back. It's a team they should be able to handle. It's a team they've dominated. Tampa on a back-to-back -back this year is only 3-5. and five. Uh, But again, you have to take that with a grain of salt. This is now coming off a break where you've had rest. You know, this is not like you're taxing yourself a ton. Tampa's won, by the way, six straight versus San Jose. And some of these have been really bad losses for San Jose. Uh, the last couple have actually been close, but, you know, they've had some 7-1 losses, two of them to the San, to the Tampa Bay Lightning, San Jose, 6-3. I mean, they've been really beaten down a couple of times, San Jose, by this Tampa Bay team. And I don't think Tampa Bay's taken this team lightly, not after the kind of shameful performance they put out there last night. How much now do we get concerned about Tampa Bay? I said this on Twitter about their road performances. This is now a 500 road team. All right. They're now 13 and 13 at home this year. Uh, that's concern. 12 and 12, I should say, on the road, uh, Tampa Bay. 12 and 12 on the road. 20 and 5 at home at Amelie Arena. How much do we get concerned that this team is decidedly mediocre average team on the road lately? Like, look at every good team they've played on the road lately. They haven't won. Calgary, Edmonton, Florida last night. I mean, they're having issues winning on the road against good hockey teams. Toronto just kicked the shit out of them right after, right around the Christmas season uh, a, a couple of months ago. I mean, definitely they've had their issues uh, on the road, Tampa Bay, playing good hockey. The good news for them is they're not on the road tonight. They're back home. They're 20 and 5 at home. There should be an angry bunch. Uh, I'm going to do a double up here on Tampa Bay. I'm going to go first period puck line on them, minus a half uh, at uh, plus 110, plus 120 actually with the uh, first period puck line at DraftKings on the Lightning. So minus a half, plus 120, first period puck line. We're also going to go with the full game puck line, minus one, uh, one and a half at around plus 105. And I also like over six and a half. So three bets for me in this game. Tampa first period puck line, Tampa full game puck line, and also the uh, over six and a half because if it's Elliott and that, you know, there's going to be an opportunity for San Jose to pitch in, I think, a couple of goals. And if they do that, the game will go over the total because I think Tampa Bay scoring five tonight, uh, at least uh, against this San Jose team. Uh, they've had no issues doing that in the past. Uh, and I think you'll see uh, Tampa Bay, again, much more concerted, focused effort after an absolute debacle uh, last night. And by the way, the Sharks in their last eight games on extended rest are one and seven. So not good when they've had extended time off the uh, San Jose Sharks. So uh, first period and full game puck line and over six and a half, because I do think San Jose will chip in some offense. Tampa Bay will do probably the brunt of the scoring, but with Elliott and net, I'm never like, I wouldn't want the over. I wouldn't want to leave the over on the sidelines tonight for this game. If it's Brian Elliott and net, because Elliott's always capable of giving up a couple of goals. So there we go. That's what I like here with uh, Tampa Bay first period puck line, full game puck line and over six and a half with the uh, Sharks and the Lightning. All right, next up, we've got uh, Colorado and Pittsburgh. Even money, minus 110, both sides, six and a half the total uh, in this game. You know, Pittsburgh's A game is good enough to win this game, but how often have you seen Pittsburgh's A game lately? Uh, it ha hasn't been there. 
uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And they still don't have Tristan Jari back. And I think they need him back because, you know, it has, it's been rough sledding for Casey to Smith. He's given up five goals and three of his last four, five or more, I should say, in three of his last four starts, five to Ottawa, six to Florida, five to San Jose. And that loss right before the break, uh, the defense in front of him hasn't been a, a lockdown group. Uh, Mike Sullivan has complained consistently about his team's uh, lack of attention to detail uh, in the defensive zone lately, which has been a big, big uh, force in the problems that the Pittsburgh Penguins have had uh, of late. So their A game is good enough to compete with Colorado and maybe win this game, no doubt. Uh, but we just haven't seen that from Pittsburgh consistently here. Uh, and they're going to have to hope the break is uh, gives them that ability to hit the reset button and get back on track. I do want to point out, these teams do have winning records with extended rest. This is the first game post-All-Star break for both teams. Pittsburgh 2-1 and one on extended rest this season. Colorado 4-1 and one on extended rest this season. Uh, I like Colorado here. I mean, it's minus 110. Uh, and by the way, big Val Nachushkin, who missed the last two games with an upper body injury for the uh, Colorado Avalanche before the break, he's back. And I still remember seeing that uh, post on Twitter from a Colorado Avalanche reporter saying, showing the record between for the Avalanche this season with Val Nachushkin in the lineup and without Val Nachushkin in the lineup. And it's incredible the difference uh, between uh, the record of the Avalanche with and without this guy. Uh, it's been pretty uh, remarkable to see. I'm going to see if I can uh, find that, but I think it was retweeted a while. Anyway, the record without, with and without Nachushkin, it is incredible the difference in this hockey team this year when he's been in the lineup and when he's been uh, not in the lineup. Uh, for the Avalanche. He'll be back tonight. Bo Byram uh, is back uh, as well. This is a kid that's got the potential to be, you know, you already talked about how great Kale McCarr is, and De Devon Taves was a great pickup from the Islanders. Bowen Byram's got the potential to be a star defenseman in this league. Uh, again, he's just, he's got to continue to get the, 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 the time to develop, but he's got the skating speed. He's got the vision. He's got the passing ability. He's got great offensive instincts. I think he's already, for a kid his age, just 21 years old, very, very solid in his own end. Um, you know, I think it's a situation where, uh, you know, Colorado uh, is going to welcome him back uh, with open arms, uh, and they'll be happy to have him back uh, here in this uh, game tonight, taking on the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Pittsburgh, again, not playing well going into the break. Uh, this is one of those games where it kind of feels a little, I'll be honest, like Tampa, Florida last night where if Pittsburgh wants to make the playoffs. It's time to start a run. They'll, they'll bring a great effort here tonight in this game. But this is a little bit different. You know, Colorado is at minus 110. Even money, you know, tells me here in this game that they think Pittsburgh, you know, is right now close to where this avalanche team is right now. Uh, and that couldn't be further from the truth. In fact, if you look at Colorado's road record, that they've been fine on the road, 14 and nine. They've actually won one road game more than they've won at home this year. Uh, I think now that they get two big pieces back and big Val and uh, Nachushkin and also a uh, Bowen Byram, you still have no Tristan Jari. Uh, DeSmith is fighting the puck. The team in front of them is having their issues. So uh, I like Colorado here at even money, uh, minus 110. Uh, you know, to uh, look at a Colorado team total might be worth it as well. Three and a half here uh, in this game uh, as well. I don't even hate the full game over as well, because I'm going to need to see it from Pittsburgh that they sh shut things down defensively. It just hasn't been happening. And in fact, if you look at Pittsburgh in their home games lately, uh, they've been trending heavily over the total uh, in recent games. So Colorado's the primary bet minus 110, maybe a couple, a couple of smaller uh, sprinkles, if you will on the team total for the abs and the full game over as well. Uh, like I said, to Smith and net for Pittsburgh, Pavel Francouz will be a net for the uh, Colorado uh, avalanche here in this game. Uh, he is a go goalie that uh, his numbers are not bad. Actually 2.58 goals against nine seventeen save percentages. Win loss record is only seven and eight, uh, but the numbers are probably better statistically with his goaltending uh, than that. So that's where I'm going here with the abs, uh, even money. Uh, and like I say, smaller leans to the team total and the full game over here as well uh, in this game. All right, next up, we've got Edmonton and Detroit. This is an ESPN Plus exclusive. Uh, make sure you're aware of that. Uh, the Oilers minus 170 road favorites, uh, six and a half the total uh, in this one. Uh, the Oilers, of course, were playing some 
pretty good hockey going into the uh, all-star break. And uh, you look at the results, they won seven of eight games playing very well. They had the beat down against Chicago, seven to three. They had that one slip up against Columbus, three to two. They lost uh, in overtime. But other than that, uh, they beat Vancouver, Tampa, Seattle, Vegas, San Jose, Anaheim during that stretch playing quite well. Uh, Detroit uh, went into the break winning two of their last three, beating San Jose at home, beating Montreal in overtime, but then losing to the Islanders 2-0 their last game uh, prior uh, to the All-Star break. Uh, Of course, for Edmonton, uh, 2-2 with extended rest. Detroit 3-2 with uh, extended rest uh, going into uh, this game tonight. Uh, This one, to me, I still like Edmonton here uh, in in this game for a variety of reasons. Uh, When you look at this matchup, you know, they play Philly, Ottawa, Montreal. This is an opportunity for them to get back, to get on a little bit of a roll. Uh, I think it's possible that they are able to do that. They've actually lost a couple in a row here in Detroit, which, you know, could be a little bit concerning. But if you look at the uh, Red Wings going into the break, you know, Philip Ronick, by the way, day-to-day on the blue line for the uh, Detroit Red Wings, who so confirmed in net. The Oilers now have pretty much everybody back. You know, Evander Kane got some time before the break to get reacclimated in the lineup. Uh, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, both playing well this season. Dreisaitl, McDavid, of course, are going to keep on doing their thing. And don't look now, but, you know, Dylan Holloway, who they expect some uh, returns from this young kid. You know, he started to pot in some offensive contributions as well before the break. So, you know, I think if you're Edmonton here, uh, they've also been very good away from a home this year. Uh, no question about that. Uh, I think it's a spot here for Edmonton here to uh, keep going, keep playing good hockey. The one thing about Detroit we're finding out is they can beat some of the dregs. You know, it's okay to beat uh, Vegas, who are banged up beyond belief. Okay to beat San Jose. Okay to beat Montreal. But, you know, you lose to the Islanders. uh, You lose to Colorado. Uh, You know, this is definitely a spot. I think Edmonton coming out of the break, uh, I I don't think there's much. Like, if this is Edmonton-Detroit middle of the week, you've played some games, you know, you're maybe going to find a way to maybe – slough off a little bit and not play as well. I don't think that's the case here with Edmonton. I think they come out of the break uh, ready to go. They know their playoff positioning is far from uh, solidified yet. The Western Conference is tough. You know, they're sitting there just two points ahead of Calgary. They need to make moves. They need to win games like this. Simple as that. And they've had a very good uh, road uh, record this year. They've been better on the road than they've been at Rogers uh, Place in Edmonton. Uh, Their home record is only 13-14 and this year. One game below five hundred. But Edmonton on the road is 15 and eight. You know they have a very good road record. Uh, Edmonton 15 and eight on the road this year, uh, going into this game tonight. So I like Edmonton in regulation here. Uh, obviously, we'll go that route to get a little bit of a better price uh, on the Oilers, and, and we'll roll with that. Regardless, we don't know who's in net for Edmonton. Skinner could be him, could be Jack Campbell. But Jack Campbell started to get some confidence, uh, gets a better play in net, uh, start to uh, get his groove back prior to the All-Star break. So regardless of who's in net for Edmonton, this doesn't impact my decision. I like Edmonton here in regulation, minus 110, right around uh, even money. I think that's definitely, the way, uh, for me, the way to go. Because I think this is a game where if you're Edmonton, you got to separate yourself from this Red Wings team. Detroit, I like them in certain spots. But I think for Edmonton here, it's about focus coming out of the break. It's about keeping you know the good run going, which I think they're capable of doing. And, and it's an Edmonton team that's played their best hockey on the road. And let's be honest, Detroit has had issues keeping the puck out of their own net in some games this year. And Huso's play going into the break, there was a decline after a really strong beginning to the season for him. There was a little bit of decline and some hiccups in Billy Huso's play uh, of late. So uh, for me, I'll go with Edmonton here, minus 110 uh, in regulation, obviously going with that as opposed to the money line. Got to look toward getting a better price. All right, that's the first half of this Tuesday NHL card. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. We'll be back to preview and analyze the remaining three games on this Tuesday card right after we hear from Gramco. All right, whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen, racetrack, or on the ice, Gramco is for the game. Grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics, Gramco provides customers with consistent quality Delta 8 products ready for any occasion. Gramco currently offers numerous Delta 8 products such as vape cartridges, disposable vapes, pre-rolls, gummies, wake-and-bake coffee, and more. Gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you and is also available at many American retailers as well. Get the best Delta 8 cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. 
you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you get 25% off of any order, and all orders on the site that are $50 and higher are shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we roll along. Seattle Kraken, New York Islanders. We've got the Islander, uh, even money pretty much here, minus 110 both sides. Five and a half uh, is the uh, total uh, in this game. The home debut for Bo Horvat here with the uh, New York Islanders after they picked up a 2-1 win over Philadelphia last night. You know, uh, again, we're waiting for <laughs> Bo Horvat to improve the offense a little bit. They still only scored two goals. And again, it's amazing how many times this team has scored two goals or fewer this season and it happened again last night but again it's the first game you know you're getting used to your new surroundings your new teammates your new line mates if you're Horvat and look it might take a game or two to gel but I thought from an offensive standpoint forget the fact they only scored two goals obviously people will look at that and say oh that really didn't you know same old Islanders offense same old Islanders if they win a game it's got to be a 2-1-3-1 game but they did generate a lot all right. And give Carter Hart credit. Carter Hart played pretty well last night for the Philadelphia Flyers, especially in that first period. You know, when the Islanders had a bunch of good chances and uh, Carter Hart was able to uh, shut them down uh, in that game uh, last night. So uh, the Islanders could have scored more goals. I thought the looks they got were good. The, 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 the quality of chances they generated were better than uh, we've seen. Uh, in recent games. So that's the positive for the New York Islanders. We'll see if they can uh, keep the win streak going. That's now three in a row for the Islanders. Uh, Seattle comes into this game, obviously, uh, their first game following the All-Star break. Their last game was against uh, Columbus, 3-1 final game before the uh, break. They uh, did beat the Islanders on New Year's Day at home, 4-1 to uh, last month. Uh, the Kraken, of course, one of the sh surprise stories, if you will, uh, of this NHL season. They're on the road here tonight where they've been very strong, 16-7 and seven, uh, on the road. 8-1 and one against the Eastern Conference, by the way, coming into tonight. 7-1 and one in their last eight road games. So a lot of things point to Seattle here uh, in this game. But one thing that does not is the potential absence of Matty Beneers, who you would think for a rookie, man, we're going to, you know, how much are you going to miss him? He's still only, a, you know, his first full year in the league. Oh, you're going to miss him all right. Uh, and uh, definitely that is a concern if he's not able to return here tonight for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, it looks like he's probably going to be a game-time decision as of right now. He didn't play against Calgary or uh, Columbus. Uh, they did beat Columbus without Matty Beneers, but that game against Calgary, which you know a little bit better hockey team, uh, they had their struggles, uh, and you could tell it was a bit of an adjustment. Dave Axtell having to twist the lines around a little bit. It looks like tonight, if Matty Beneers is a no-go, now again, we have to caution, this is probably going to go right up to a puck drop, his status, whether he's back or not, but it looks like Jared McCann, Wenberg, and Eberle uh, are going to be potentially the top line for Seattle tonight. McCann might be worth a look because he's moving up to that spot. Wenberg, I think, is always worth a look for the Kraken, the way he's played. Ali Tolvanen, it's basically the same names I've mentioned with this team for a while. If you're going to look at player props involving Seattle uh, here tonight in this game. You know, the one thing we saw from the Islanders last night is obviously from, an, from a goals and assists and a points perspective, no, nothing, a, a blank slate for uh, Bo Horvat last night. But the one thing we did see from him was uh, an, a willingness to shoot the puck a lot. And I think you're going to continue to see that, especially until he gets that first goal uh, with the uh, Colorado Avalanche. I thought the shots on goal prop was a good bet on him last night. I think it's worth it to go right back to the well tonight on that same prop. Uh, Bo Horvat over two and a half shots on goal uh, tonight in this game for the uh, New York Islanders. It got there easily. He had four shots on goal last night. It's only even money plus 100. Uh, with his over two and a half shots tonight. I think that's definitely something to consider here. I lean Islanders here. I do. I, I said coming out of the break, I'm looking to back this team. Uh, Their back-to-back record is six and four this year, four and one off a win uh, on a back-to-back -back this season, the New York Islanders. I, and I think if Matty Beneers doesn't go, this becomes probably a stronger stance I have on the Islanders. To me, he's an impact injury for this team with the season he's had. Uh, he's been great at both ends of the ice. He's playing well above his years. Uh, he's, he's playing like a 10-year pro, this kid, uh, this year at both ends of the ice. You know, the offensive numbers are great, 36 points, 17 goals, 19 assists. But don't underestimate how good he's been in the face-off circle. Don't underestimate how good of a defensive forward and a defensive center this kid already is. 
And you don't have that now uh, if he doesn't play here in this game. It's not easy to fade Seattle on the road. Like I said, the road record has been very impressive. Um, but the Islanders have played the game uh, since the break, the one game under their belt. Seattle hasn't. Uh, that's sometimes an advantage for the team that's actually played since the break. Uh, Seattle, by the way, on extended rest is 3-2 and two, uh, this season. Uh, so one game above 500. But like I say, for the Islanders right now, they've got this little win streak going. Uh, wait till they start to get Bo Horvat going offensively and maybe kick up the offense a little bit. You know, uh, they could become even more dangerous at that point. Again, it's one game and it's Philadelphia, so you don't want to overreact to it too much. But the fact they've played a game, that's significant. That's an edge, in my opinion. Seattle, I, there's a lot of stats, too, that point to Seattle. I don't want to say collapsing. This is still a very good hockey team. This is still a, a playoff team. But at the end of the day, there are some advanced numbers that point to Seattle having regression at some point in their game. You know, they're definitely not going to be able to keep up this clip the way they are right now. And neither is Martin Jones, okay? And Martin Jones is going to be in net. It should be Sorokin for the Islanders because it was uh, Barlamov last night, so I'd expect Ilya Sorokin. Martin Jones, look, he's had a great season so far. Let's not take anything away from him, but let's be honest. He's not been nearly as good here these last few starts. Five goals allowed to Chicago. Five goals allowed to Edmonton. Three allowed to New Jersey. Four goals allowed in that loss to Calgary uh, in his last start before the break. Let's be honest. This is still Martin fucking Jones at the end of the day. And he's had a great run here with Seattle Kraken in net. Played better than anybody expected. But it's not going to be something that's indefinite. He's going to have his little rough patches. And we're already starting to see you know, some of the... Martin Jones struggles are just gradually starting to reappear gradually. I mean, he hasn't been horrible either, but he's not been lights out like he was for uh, the better part of December and the early part of January. And, you know, you had to expect at some point that was going to happen uh, with Mart Martin Jones at some point. And he's just not going to be able to keep up that level from start to finish uh, this season. So I haven't locked it in yet. I'm waiting to see Benier's status. I'm waiting to see a couple other things on this game, but that's primarily it. But I am definitely, it's Islanders or nothing for me from a side perspective. I will tell you right now, if I'm betting the side in this game, it's the Islanders uh, in this spot. Attempted by the over again. I mean, it's stubborn. I mean, we thought, hey, Islanders maybe look at some overs. Their totals are going to be value to the over after getting Bo Horvat. And sure enough, 2-1 game, it goes under again. But I still lean over the total here in this game, five and a half in this one. And especially with Martin Jones, again, giving up three, four, five goals on a regular basis now in the last three or four starts he's had. I think over five and a half might be something I uh, add to the portfolio tonight uh, as well. All right, Vegas and Nashville. Uh, we've got the uh, Nashville Predators minus 125 home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, Vegas needed the all-star break badly, uh, a team that was just leaking uh, oil and struggling mightily. Uh, injuries have played a part. Uh, they've just been decimated going into the break with the personnel that's been out. Shea uh, with uh, Zach Whitecloud uh, obviously been out. Uh, for a long period of time. Martinez was banged up for a bit. There is some good news, though, on the horizon for the uh, Vegas uh, Golden Knights, though, is that right before the break, they got Shea Theodore back, which was big. Uh, that is definitely going to help them a little bit on the uh, blue line uh, for them. Mark Stone is still going to be out for a longer period of time, out indefinitely. He underwent back surgery last week, uh, and the fact that that uh, surgery took place when it did means that uh, – uh, it probably isn't going to be a return. He's certainly not back in the regular season. Maybe if they make a deep playoff run, he'll come back at the tail end of the playoffs. But for Mark Stone, I think for all intents and purposes, his season's done. They put him on IR, and they've done that, so it frees up some cap space for them uh, to be able to try and make a deal to improve the hockey team uh, prior to the uh, deadline. Uh, so it's unfortunate to see it. But like I've said multiple times here, uh, Mark Stone's just had a terrible uh, uh, time of it trying to stay healthy. Uh, and stay on the ice. No question uh, about that. So uh, we'll see if Vegas can uh, four game losing streak going into the break. I think there's still, I think there's still a quality hockey team in this group. They haven't shown it lately and it has to start. And it starts with Jack Eichel. You know, I start, I talked about him a lot before the break when we were talking about Vegas's games, he's got to start producing a whole lot more than he has been uh, going, going into the break. Jack Eichel was ice cold. He went into the break without a point in five straight games. He is too talented to have that happen. He's too important on this hockey team to have that happen. He, he's he got to get his act in gear. It, it's got to start right now. 
uh, for Vegas uh, because, look, again, they're in a tough, tough conference. You know, you can't just rest on your laurels that we had this amazing October and this really strong November, and it paced us to this position we're in in the standings right now. All it takes is this swoon to continue for another week or two, and the Vegas Golden Knights could be on the outside looking in. They're third in the Pacific right now. Edmonton's only two points behind them, and Calgary's only four points behind them. It is well within the realm of possibility. Edmonton and Calgary both surpass Vegas, and then all of a sudden Vegas is hanging on for dear life just for a wild card spot. So this is very important here for Vegas to turn this around. Nashville won three in a row going into the break at home, beating L.A., Winnipeg, and New Jersey. I give them credit for that. So they were playing well five of their last six games. Uh, they uh, won going into the break, which is uh, good to see. But I'm going against the flow here. You know, Nashville was playing well going into the break. Vegas was not. But this is still a Vegas school. The Knights team for the entire season has a 15-9 and road record a better road record than they have at home. Uh, they've got the time to hit the reset button. They are at least a little bit healthier now with the return, recent return of Shea Theodore. You look at the extended rest numbers, both teams 500, 1-1 one one for Vegas, 3-3 three and three for Nashville. So there's really uh, no difference there. This to me is you know, uh, uh, more of a bet on the price that we're getting with Vegas. It's plus 105. You know, I, I still have my doubts that Nashville is going to be you know, a, have a winning record the rest of the way with this group. Uh, UC Soros has been a big part of their success. He's been very strong. There's a reason he was at the All-Star Weekend festivities. But I like Vegas here in this one. And they've had a lot of success here at Muse, in Music City uh, in recent years. And overall in this series, Vegas is 5-1 and one, uh, in the last six head-to-head -head meetings. They've won three straight here in Nashville. 4-3 in 2019, 3 nothing in 2020, and then last year, uh, in their loan trip and loan visit to Nashville, uh, they won 5-2. So Vegas has won three straight here uh, in this one uh, in terms of uh, in Nashville. I think it's a hit the reset button, a recharge the battery type of spot here for Vegas. And coming into the season, I still had Vegas better hockey team than Nashville. I think it's a good price here. I like the uh, Golden Knights here, plus 105. You know, I stayed off them uh, in a couple of those last road games, but I think this is a good uh, situation to come strong. I, I like the quotes coming from Vegas. You know, we're ready to, our season really ramps up now. They're giving you all these indicators that, hey, we, we're going to really put our best foot forward uh, starting tonight. I like, I like what I'm hearing from Bruce Cassidy and a lot of the Vegas players and the quotes coming out of uh, their dressing room going into this game tonight. Now they got to put it to action. Uh, on the ice. And if they do that, I think they can win this hockey game. So I like Vegas here, plus 105 uh, as a slight road underdog. All right, final game of this Tuesday card, Anaheim Ducks, Chicago Blackhawks. And yes, that is the Chicago Blackhawks favored. Doesn't happen very often, but here they are, minus 125 uh, home favorites uh, in this game uh, against Anaheim. Uh, the total six. Uh, there are some six and a halfs, but most books are at six here, shaded to the over. Uh, as far as the total is concerned. Uh, Anaheim on a back-to-back -back, uh, after the uh, tough loss in a shootout to the uh, Dallas Stars last night. Troy Terry, a game-time decision. They lost him to injury uh, last night in the uh, loss to the Stars. So we'll see if he's able to suit up uh, in this game for uh, Anaheim. Uh, you look at the series history, it's been all Chicago. Chicago's won eight straight uh, against the uh, Anaheim Ducks uh, going into this game. It was a tough one for them to lose, obviously, uh, in uh, Dallas last night, they uh, were down 2 nothing. Gibson was very solid in net once again. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, uh, the shootout win goes to Dallas. And again, we'll have to see if Terry suits up. There's going to be some line juggling clearly uh, on the Anaheim side of things if Terry doesn't go tonight. Uh, Adam Henrique, Trevor Zegras, you know, have been on the top line. Who's going to fill that role? Vetrano could fill that role. Vetrano, to me, is probably worth a prop look if you're going to look at Anaheim tonight. I think he'll fill that role. Uh, on the top line if Terry is a no-go. Uh, McTavish has been better lately. Zegras and Henrique are always a threat. Those have been the main players that have been stirring the drink offensively for Anaheim, who really haven't been always scoring the goals in bunches like they are capable of in some of their recent games. They've had some offensive issues. Uh, Chicago on the flip side. Uh, Peter Morozik will be in net here uh, in this first game following the uh, All-Star break. Um I still hope, keep hoping they're going to give Jackson Stauber some more starts because, you know, the two times we've seen that kid in net, he's played very well uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. But this is a really tough game. I mean, I, I don't want Anaheim on a back-to-back. -back. They're 1-10 in 10 
by the way, in their last 11 games on the second of back-to-back. That's not good. 1-10. I ain't backing them here on the road, uh, especially with a tough loss last night. You got to try to regroup from that. I think I'm going to go over the total in this game, though. Why shouldn't we see goals in bunches? Uh, Morozik, you know, is not someone I trust to shut the door, even though, like I said, Anaheim, you look at uh, their each of their last two games, they've scored just two goals. Uh, but prior to that, they were on an overstreak. I think it probably gets back to that here. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Jackson Stauber was great against St. Louis. He was great against uh, Calgary when they beat the Flames. But again, the last two starts when we've seen uh, Peter Morozik, he gave up five to Vancouver and he gave up seven to Edmonton. Uh, and both of those games went over the total. So I think this is just one of those. It's two teams that are uh, two of the worst teams in the league. Uh, two teams where you're not really all that considered about winning, uh, you know, primarily. And when that is creeping into your mindset, you know, that really shows up defensively. You know, these are two teams, clearly not playoff teams. And I've said this a million times when we break down games involving two bottom feeder teams in the league. Who the hell is going out of their way to block a shot and risk, you know, breaking their toe or breaking their foot or breaking their ankle or having the puck hit them in a sensitive, unprotected area and that puts them on the shelf for the rest of the season? Who the fuck is going to put themselves in that kind of spot to risk blocking a shot left and right when your team's going absolutely nowhere this season? You know, I've always said that, and I think it's 100% fact. You know, there's a different mindset a player has to be attentive defensively and block shots when you're battling for the playoffs and you're, you're, you've got a chance to do something this season versus a team that's got a zero chance of doing anything this season. So I think for that reason as well, you're not going to see a lot of defensive resistance. Um, and now that the total's only six as well, instead of six and a half, I think that's beneficial as well. We get a little... Uh, I'm actually a little bit surprised this wasn't six and a half. So I like over six here, a uh, minus 120 uh, in this game. I think you stay off the side. It's tricky. Uh, it's tough to bet Anaheim after a tough loss last night, making the trip to Chicago and, and their back-to-back record, like I say, is hideous. One in 10 uh, in their last 11, but I ain't laying a price with Chicago and Peter Morozik in net. There's no way that's happening. Uh, so for me, the total is the best route uh, in this game over six Ducks Blackhawks. All right, that's the Tuesday card. Best bets coming up. Uh, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We'll wrap the show up with a best bet uh, right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, our good friends at Manscaped, who are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, courtesy of the Ice Guys. Get 20% off of any purchase and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ice guys that's promo code ice guys all one word i-c-e-g-u-y-s at manscaped.com if my math is correct that's about 400 million balls that you can help preserve with manscaped.com using the promo code ice guys you get the performance package 4.0 it is a game changer the lawnmower 4.0 it takes care of this among other things Uh, it'll keep you uh, trim uh, as can be uh, the lawnmower 4.0 waterproof same thing with the weed whacker which takes care of your ear hair nose hair i mean nose hair in particular you know i'm getting up there in age and nose hair is becoming uh, definitely more of an issue this will take care of it it feels like someone's tickling the inside of your nostrils sometimes it pisses the hell out of me it bothers me i need to take care of that shit this will take care of it for you the weed whacker uh, make uh, part of the package that you get with your Manscaped purchase and the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. You also get the ball toner. You also get the ball deodorant. Keep you uh, smelling good and looking good and feeling good down in the nether regions. This package is really going to make you feel good and and look good and look better. Slim, trim, that's what it's all about. And Manscaped.com can help you out with that so make sure you take advantage of this manscaped.com get 20 percent off and free shipping with the promo code ice guys at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the promo code ice guys unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped
All right, best bets now to wrap it up here. For, best bet, I should say, for this a Tuesday card. By the way, Alex B. Smith sent two plays. I don't think he designated either one as a best bet, if I'm not mistaken. But he's on uh, Seattle, Kraken, New York Islanders, over five and a half uh, it, tonight. Uh, and he's on Lightning first period puck line uh, as well uh, in this one. Uh, my best bet for this one, uh, let me see here. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I've got that feel. I've got that feel. And look, Florida, I had a really good feeling about them that, look, not a team we thought was playing well going into the break, but a team that's going to take this game with the utmost seriousness and and step up and and get the job done. It's how I feel tonight about Vegas. And I like the price. I like this price. Plus 105. This still can be a, this can still be a quality hockey team. And I think their A game, if, if let's say Vegas brings their best game, Nashville brings their best game. I still think Vegas is the better hockey team. Okay. That's the roster wise. I grade out this, these two teams personnel wise, position by position, forward group, blue line, goaltending. I mean, obviously Soros has had a great year. So uh, that's probably a slight edge to Nashville. Although Thompson's had a incredible first full year in the league. But I think if you grade out the personnel, I still favor Vegas as the better team, the better roster. And I think you get them in an ultimate buy low here. The break came at the right time. They need it just to take a breath, hit the reset button. Shea Theodore's back. Uh, they're saying all the right things that say our, our push for the playoffs begins now. The price is good. Count me in. Vegas Golden Knights plus 105 against Nashville uh, for my best bet here for this uh, Tuesday uh, NHL card. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks to everyone for uh, joining us. Hit the like button. Uh, on uh, Twitter, um, YouTube, if you're watching, we appreciate it very much. And a reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. Thanks for watching another edition of the Ice Guys. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Tuesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Wednesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 